0: But I, and so early on, I asked the Lord and here's the principle the Lord gave me. I said, Lord, how do I protect my kids from the trauma of this? Because I just felt so aware that they were watching my response to make a mental mark. This is how I handle trauma. This is how I handle situations that are hard. And so I was like, God, I need to shepherd their hearts through this. And I don't wanna just freak out and be an emotional mess. I want to guide them in how to turn to you.
1: You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Stories Show listeners. This is Michelle Saunders Gutch, your Chief Storyteller host. Welcome to the Altered Stories Show, Episode 52 Jenna Lee's Tragedy to Triumph God Stories. And thanks for listening to the show today. Friends, I hope you've had a great March month. Hoping your March goes out like a lamb. And today I am excited to introduce a new friend of mine and fellow podcaster, Jenilee Samuel, that I met through the Christian Podcasters Association. Now, here's some words about Lee. She is the founder and podcast host of the Java with Jen podcast and the CEO of Jay Samuel Styling. So she's a fashionista. I want to hear a little bit more about that. And she is an amazing mom to four boys and serves alongside her husband as executive pastors in Orange, Texas. Jenilee is also a speaker, And she has spoken to groups of eight and in front of 85,000 people at stadium events. Discipleship is her passion, and she's a great lover of coffee, of course. We heard the name of her podcast. So friends, I want you all to get to know Jenna Lee better. Are you ready? Ready? So good morning, Jenny. How are you? I guess it's afternoon, actually. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to officially meet you face-to-face
0: through a computer. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's nice that we can actually see each other, which is good. Um, so, you know, we talked about having just some dialogue and conversation today before you share your God story and of course, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that. But can you share what your favorite coffee is?
0: <laughs> I, you know, I love all of them, but I do love a a light to medium roast better than the dark ones. A, it keeps my teeth lighter. They don't get quite as stained up, but then it's just not as acidic. So I like the lighter roast.
1: Okay. And, you know, you've been up podcasting. How long have you been podcasting? Let's see. I believe I technically started
0: in 2017, but that was when we flooded, um, which we'll get into in a little bit. And so it kind of delayed me a year. So really about two years now, 2018, I guess. Oh, almost.
1: It'll be three years this year. Okay. And I know you're very passionate about discipleship. And why did you start your podcast? What, what brought you to, to doing your own yeah, well
0: my husband and I had been um the college and discipleship pastors at a large church in the area and we felt the Lord transitioning us less less on the university campus and more to the church campus. And so as we were going to be transitioning, I I knew that my role would be less defined at the church being a pastor's wife, sometimes that just comes with the territory. And uh and so I knew I would need an outlet um for preaching and and sharing the word. But I also, a lot of those college students that we had discipled for over a decade were growing up and were having babies and getting married and and starting life elsewhere. And they kept reaching out for mentorship. And so I I tried to minister to as many as I could, but it started to become difficult. And so between me needing an outlet and them needing a voice, I was like, all right, podcast sounds like a great plan. Let's do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's cool that, you know, you came up with a really good solution to bridge, right? The gap there and still, you know, meet needs. So your podcast, where can uh, others listen to it? Sure. Um,
0: I am really on every major platform. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Anchor. I'm all the all, really a lot of them. And so it's called Java with Jen podcast. And um, if you even just Google it, it should pull up all the platforms that it plays on.
1: So now I'm going to get into some questions that maybe are more personal when it comes to your role. And I'd love to hear some advice that you may have for moms of boys because you're a boy mom and you've got four. And I've seen some of your posts on Facebook and how you interact with your sons and, you know, how they're part of the ministry you all are in. But what is some advice that you have for some moms that may be listening today?
0: I feel like giving parenting advice. I'm like, we'll really know if I'm qualified to give advice in about 10 years when they're all grown up. But <laughs> <laughs> what has in the meantime is I have come to learn, especially as they're growing into teenagers, Um, the older that they get, the more they really need just conversation and to be heard and to feel like their voice has a safe landing place. And so I've really been working harder that when they're talking, trying not to respond quickly, trying not to argue or um, even interject my opinion to their thoughts, but just to ask a lot of questions and kind of draw out of their heart what's going on, because I feel like as they process it out their mouth, they'll have more understanding of their own heart and more ownership of it that way anyways. And so, and then kind of simultaneously with boys, I'm realizing as a female, I use a lot of love language, but I'm needing to use more respect language. And so phrases that are admiring, or I appreciate this about you, or I respect this about you, or I, I honor the man of God you're growing into, you know, language that, that makes a man feel like a man I'm finding is really important for their little, their little souls. So.
1: Oh, that's good. That's really good. Um, Thanks for sharing that. How old are your sons? Do you mind sharing?
0: Sure. Um, I have one who is turning nine on Sunday and he's the youngest. And then I have an 11 year old an almost 13 year old and an almost 15 year old. So I had him in a span of time, but they're almost all teenagers. So it's crazy.
1: (laughs) You're going to have your hands. Well, not that you don't, but it sounds so that you've got a great partner, you know, and you two work together really well. What's going on with them now that The state of Texas has lifted the mandate for the mask and no longer shut down with school. Were they homeschooled or were they kind of hybrid or what were they doing before and what are they doing now? Sure. We were homeschooled for the first couple of months of COVID um, and then, of
0: course, had a long summer break. But then when the fall started, they were able to go back to school. Um, They're at a private school. And I'm thankful for that because the the smaller classrooms and because it's private, there's more freedom for the school to determine their protocols. And so my my elementary age children were able to choose if they wanted to wear a mask. And then my older children had to wear a mask. And um, thankfully it hasn't been awful. And I'm thankful that like today I think was their first day. They were like, we get
1: to go to school without a mask. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm I'm sure of it. I mean, my little granddaughter, she is, you know, not even two. So of course she goes to her infant class with no mask, but then her sister who is older has to wear a mask. And, you know, we're not there yet in our community with the lifting of that mandate, but People don't wear them when they walk outside. They only wear them when they have to go into a doctor's office or, you know, depending on the workplace, you know, it's all dependent on what the owners want. And so for the most part, there's some freedom without the mask, but in the workplace, still a lot of businesses and churches are still requiring you to wear your mask um, unless you're outside.
0: Sure. And I think there's, I think the governor has released like the authority to business owners that if they are more comfortable having masks required, they can do that. And so I think there's still, it's it's not a, it's not a total like pull off the reins kind of situation, but at least people have the f-
1: freedom to choose. Yeah. 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 Not so much regulation. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, generally, tell me a little bit about the styling, Jay Samuel styling. What is that?
0: Yes. Um, So, I, the Lord pulled me into the fashion industry unexpectedly, straight out of ministry. As you can see, I've got my clothing rack behind me. I um,
1: oh, I was actually we'll film- have to take a picture of that or something.
0: <laughs> I was actually filming yesterday. I submitted an audition to um, be a TV show host for HSN. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm just, Yay! Del- I hope it works. Thank you. Me too. I would re- really be a great gig, but, um, no, I used to work for stitch fix as a stylist. Well, it started out, I had all those four boys in a short amount of time. And so my body changed a whole lot and we were ministers and, um, our, our budget was like nil. And so I just determined back then I said, you know, I might not have a big budget and my body might be changing, but. I respect myself and I still want to look respectable. And so I just was determined I'm going to find a way to look nice, even if I have to pray for sales, you know? And, um, and so I learned how to dress my body and my body shape and how to flatter it. And then I, you know, just was bored. So I learned how to do it for all the body shapes. And one thing led to another, and the Lord just kept opening doors to me and just a lot of strange happenings. Like, People would stop me on the street and ask for fashion advice. And I was like, you do realize how strange this is, right? (laughs) You know, it's just (laughs) kind of funny. And so the Lord, I think he was just doing my attention because I always felt called to ministry. I never would have considered anything else at all. And so the Lord had to get my attention for about two years before I would even be like, okay, maybe this is a thing. And so... Fast forward, I got a job at Stitch Fix, styled eight thousand people plus um, in three years, and learned a ton. But I wanted more of a personal, one-on-one ability to impact women because fashion is really so identity, like it's so tied to our identity and our souls and our emotions. And uh, so I wanted more opportunity to kind of touch people's hearts deeply. And so I started my business, and so I served the community around me and. Um, I mean, I've trained the local anchors at the university here, how to dress professionally. And uh, I've been featured in some magazines. And so it's just, I don't know, the Lord's just opened a lot of unexpected, unique doors. And we'll see if HSN works out. I could be a a TV show host. So
1: (laughs) we'll see. Well, I think it's really cool. And we wish you all the best. I hope that works out. And we know that God, He is amazing. He does things. And we never can... Anticipate what God's going to do, especially when you're walking in your calling, right? So, I'm excited to hear what will come out of that, but we'll make sure that the listeners get a chance to see that closet. And Stitch Fix has been one of those online um, styling—I I don't know what you, what you want to call it—but um, they definitely are personal shoppers, right? Sort of. And I've had them reach out a lot of different times to market, but I am so picky. I know, I, I don't know. I would have to, you know, try it and see. I've got a credit or whatever, but I, I kind of like finding my own clothes. So I, I don't know. And working with you should try. You, know, you, you think, you think we should, I should at least look at it.
0: Yeah, if you've got a credit, I mean, it's not going to hurt anything. Stitch Fix, uh, usually people came to us to get really great jeans because your stylist can like, has all these filters to choose like the right inseam, the right rise, the right cut, the right color, all this stuff. And so people really came a lot for the jeans. And so if you've got a Girl, you should use it because you just send back what you don't want to keep. So,
1: well, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about at least trying it. But you know, I, I go out to blogs, I follow blogs, and different things like that. So, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, I think they do a great service, and I have had friends that have used Stitch Fix, and they love it. And you know, the little ones are dressed and all those things. And some people just don't like to shop, you know, especially with COVID. You know, it's really put a damper on shopping you know but i still shop i still found ways to go out <laughs> and shop so thank you for sharing that generally so i'm hoping the best for you there um okay well so generally you know you have i'm sure shared your god story publicly what we're going to talk about today and whether you've done it you know in small groups in large groups however the Lord has guided you to share, I would love your, just your perspective on why you think sharing your story is so important. That's a question I ask my guests, just because I'm so very passionate about the story. And so I'd love to hear from you why you think stories are so important to share.
0: Yes. Um for one, I, the human brain retains stories better than facts and information. So I feel like it creates like a mental picture we can hold on to and draw inspiration from for a long time. Um Jesus of course was so wise about that with all of his parables. Um <laughs> but I feel like I feel like this story specifically what I enjoy sharing about it is we all endure trauma or difficult moments that we were not expecting at some point or multiple points in our lives. And we don't always know how to pull through it. And, and while I had a really powerful story with this one, there's been other traumas I walked through that I walked with a limp for a while, you know? So it's like, I've, the fact that I walked through this and what the Lord told me to have as my mentality has literally been like a compass for me in many other challenging situations. And so it's it's brought so much life to me and I feel like really protected my children from the trauma aspect of what happened. And so if I can help people uh, walk through challenges and receive less injury from it by by this one principle the Lord told me, then man, I feel like it's just so worth it.
1: <laughs> yes. So, you know, I really would love for you now to tell us do tell us generally where did your tragedy over triumph god's story begin yes
0: well we live on the coast in houston area and so we are hurricane alley <laughs> and um it seems like especially the last few years there's been lots of hurricanes um but hurricane rita or no sorry uh that was another one hurricane Harvey in 2017 made history for the nation and it just, it was like a movie in my head. So we start getting the warnings on the news and my husband actually was out of country on a missions trip and he was returning on the Thursday and Friday So he returned on Thursday really late. He's jet lagging. So Friday I'm doing all kinds of laundry and I'm listening to the news reports about the hurricane that's coming and he's jet lagging. And so he's trying to get his wits about him and and reorient himself. And um, so I'm listening to these news reports and they're like, Hey, if you guys don't get out, the, the flood zones are going to be insane. There's going to be death. There's going to be all this stuff. This is a monumental storm. Everyone needs to evacuate. So, I'm I'm sitting there at home and of course with hurricanes you're always praying like okay god is it really going to be as bad as they say or should we just stick around you know and um and so I prayed and I asked the lord I said lord should we go and he said he goes you can hunker down if you want to i was like ah, ah, i don't know if i want to hunker down thanks <laughs> and so with four boys and for sure if you're going to lose water and you're going to lose power and lose grocery stores it's not worth sticking around so I decided to take the boys and head to Tyler. And so over the course of the next few days, the weather was not nearly as bad as we thought it was going to be. And so Sunday morning, you know, we're pastors. And so there's a lot of communication happening. The storm was supposed to be hitting around Sunday. And so it's like, do you cancel church? Do you not? And people are talking. So people arrive at church to volunteer. Well, at 940, right before church begins, the skies open and the floods begin and people are stuck at church. They're trying to get home. Church get can- gets canceled last minute, but all these volunteers are there and are starting to get stuck there. So it begins. So things let up and Monday, um, it, and now I'm in Tyler with a friend and with my kids and my husband is here. And so things let up by Sunday afternoon enough, the sun comes out. And so they're like, Hey, that was great. Hurricane's over. Let's go hang out in Tyler for a night. So he comes to visit Monday afternoon. My pastor calls and he's like, where's my staff? The storm is not gone. And we're like, what? So my husband has to go back and everything starts to hit by like Monday night, Tuesday morning. And I'm watching all these text messages come in on my phone. The news is starting to blow up. We're on national news now. And this storm has come with such a vengeance. I think within... 24 hours, we had over four feet of rainfall or something. And it was because the storm was very, very slow. So it's almost like it just hung out in one place and just dumped water on us. But then what it did, there was all kinds of jokes that Harvey was like the bad boyfriend who just won't go away after breakup. So he like Harvey went out back to the Gulf and then came back a second time and then went out to the Gulf and came back a third time. So it was like, The flooding was bad enough the first time around, but then within a couple of days, it just wouldn't go away. So for about three days, all night long, I was watching on my phone. People are messaging on Facebook. I'm stranded on my roof. Can someone come rescue me? I'm stranded in my trailer and the waters are rising quick. Can you please come get us? And we're pastors. And so we're trying to organize rescues and Texans are amazing. And so people were just showing up in their big trucks with their boats, all these men just like, arrived on the scene like heroes and the national guard wasn't even here yet. And, and a uh, red cross wasn't even here yet, but churches and Texans showed up like the cavalry to rescue the people. And so I was at home or I was in Tyler, sorry, I was in Tyler and I felt so helpless and I was like, God help me to do something to help these people. And so Long story short, someone connected me to someone who owned an airline and oversaw a rescue relief team. And so I became the the liaison that would call the airports, get them open so these rescue flights could come in with resources for people. And so we literally, we were there two days before the Red Cross. We were, the church showed up like legit. And so my husband was down here um, doing rescues for about a day and a half. And it was like, About the time you think the movie should end and relief should come, Harvey came back around for another turn. So it was just, it was like the nightmare that would never end. For three days, it went on. So finally, we thought our house was going to be okay. But my husband came back when he got a moment to slip away when the rains weren't quite too severe yet. And we had a little bit of water in the house and we had just built our house. We just moved in like six months prior. There was a little bit of water. And so we're like, great, we're going to have some damage. Um, but we didn't expect what was going to happen. So within about 24 hours, my husband is here with my son. I'm kind of getting the timeline jumbled and I apologize. It's, I wasn't here. So it's kind of hard for me to keep it straight. But um, <laughs> during the storm, my husband was here with my oldest son. And I had packs for my youngest ones to take them. And so they watched during the night. I think it was probably that Monday night. They watched the water. He put a stake out in the yard and put lines on it to see how quickly the water was rising. About 2 a.m. they realized we're not going to get out of the neighborhood if we don't leave. And so he got in the truck in the middle of the night with my son, told my son, pack your things. But my husband was getting everything off the floor, running like a crazy person. And so my son didn't realize... I may not come home to a home. So he grabbed rain boots and grabbed his Kindle and had junky clothes on and leaves like that. And so my son literally lost everything he owned when, when it all came to. And so they get out, they get to the church, they're away. My son is, ends up evacuating with my sister-in-law to Louisiana. And then my, for a solid week, we did not know how severe our home was. We didn't know how deep the water had gotten. Apparently they had to let let levees out in the um the the canal behind us. And that's really what flooded us so badly. Um, but I had a dream during that time my husband was at the church and he was organizing all the rescue supplies that I was calling in with the airplanes and he was helping, you know, help the community because I mean we couldn't get to our house anyways. The streets were closed. And so I have a dream one night and I said, Lord, I just, I need you to speak to us. We didn't have insurance on the house yet because we just hadn't gotten it in place yet. And so I had a dream and in the dream, I walked in the front door of my house and the walls were all white. Everything was white. And I saw above the fireplace mantle, these water lines that were about four inches apart and went up to about almost to the top of my television. So it was about eight feet up or so. And that was the end of the dream. That's all I saw. And but when I woke up, I was at peace, and so and I work in dream interpretation, and I could I could deduce that it was probably the Lord just preparing our hearts for something. So I called my husband and I said, "Hey babe, I had this dream. I think it's possible. Just be prepared. I think we may have lost everything in the house, um, but I really feel like we're going to be okay." And so a few days later, someone sends us a video that the Waco Navy had filmed boating through our neighborhood at roof level. And they were hollering for survivors. They were like, hello. And at the same time, it was so beautiful. I had another window open on my computer in Tyler. And I was listening. The song came on from Jen Johnson. And it was the song, It's Gonna Be Okay. And I was just like, oh my, all through the whole process, the Lord was so kind in all these tiny little ways to send these little faith builders that reminded me like he was present. And so I I filmed that video and I sent it to my husband and I was like, babe, no matter what the house looks like, we're going to be okay. The Lord like is speaking and we're going to be all right. I still get choked up over it because the Lord's kindness was just so abundant through the
1: whole process. So yeah, it's so beautiful. And that's what I'm so grateful that the Lord is allowing you to feel these emotions right now as you, as you speak.
0: Yes, yeah, I mean I always get choked up when I talk about it because it was such an abundance of his um his kindness in that season. And so once we had this revelation, the house is a hot mess, you know, and we've lost everything and My husband finally was able to get here and he took video footage walking through. And so our our kitchen table was turned upside down and it was on the Island and our couch was in another room and the bed was cracked in half from the weight of the water. Our clothes were totally broken from the weight of the water. The racks just snapped and they were all in piles on the floor. The kids toys and their bunk beds were laid over because it was eight feet of water and everything that was wooden furniture was floating and moving through the house because it's, it's like a hurricane inside the house from the waters rising. And so as I was at in Tyler, I knew the condition of our house at this point, my kids did not. And so every night I would kind of release a little more information to them to kind of ease them into it. But early on, I mean, of course, they saw all my tension when we were trying to deal with rescues and calling in supplies. So they knew things were kind of intense. But I And so early on, I asked the Lord, and here's the principle the Lord gave me. I said, Lord, how do I protect my kids from the trauma of this? Because I just felt so aware that they were watching my response to make a mental mark. This is how I handle trauma. This is how I handle situations that are hard. And so I was like, God, I need to shepherd their hearts through this. And I don't want to just freak out and be an emotional mess. I want to guide them in how to turn to you in times like this. So what do I do? And the Lord reminded me of the words that Bill Johnson spoke, where he said, I stay encouraged by looking for what God is doing. And that phrase just played over and over and over in my head. And I had already seen the kindness of the Lord in giving me a dream and that song from Jen Johnson and a couple of other small minor things. And um, and so I said, you know what? I already know God. God is setting us up for a blessing. He does not steal. He does not kill. He does not destroy. The enemy does. The enemy's not allowed to steal from me. I don't allow it. And so I said, then Lord, I thank you that this is a doorway to a blessing for us. And I'm just going to watch and see what you're doing. And I'm going to watch for everything that you do. And, um, and so that's how I began. My language was focused with the boys. I would tell them the facts like, okay, here's the condition of the house. And I'd maybe show them a picture or just describe it. And then I'd let them talk it out. Like, How are you feeling? What are you thinking about? And then I wanted to give them room to process. And then after we would process, I would highlight everything God had done that day. And so that became our our process. And uh, because it is important that they're able to talk through the losses and and walk through the grieving, right? That's just a real aspect of our human souls. Um, But that's just not where we landed. That's not where we stayed. And so throughout the process, the Lord, man, when i would get pulled into moments when i would get caught up in what we didn't have or what i needed or i got overwhelmed by our condition and state of need i realized that very little response came from those prayers when i would pray from the place of ah! you know panic or whatever and overwhelm very little response came from those prayers but there was one one particular moment that I was driving and we had been home. We had come back. We'd been evacuated for about three and a half weeks. And then we finally got home. We stayed in a hotel here for about a week. And then someone at church had a rental property that they wanted us to stay in. It was a 3,000 square foot home. It was huge. It was beautiful. And he paid for, he he did not charge us rent whatsoever. And he paid for the utilities and electricity. And so I just, my mind was blown because we were worried, how are we going to pay our mortgage and pay rent at the same time, you know, and the Lord just provided in that way. So of course I tell the boys about it. So there's one day I was driving and I realized it had been a few days since I had really thanked the Lord for what he had done. And I'd gotten caught up in overwhelm and I stopped myself. I was like, Lord, forgive me. I'm getting caught up in what I don't have, but I haven't stopped to thank you in days. And so I just started thanking him. I'm like, thank you for the rental house you provided. Thank you for providing lunches for the kids at school. Thank you for providing the gift cards from people and, you know, and and paying off our tuition for the school year, you know, and for all these things he had done. And then I said, Lord, there are so many people in our church who have suffered and lost, like, I think 30 or 40 families flooded badly. And so I said, Lord, if you can provide finances for everybody in our church that needs it, that is what I would ask of you. Please provide the finances. Now get this, the next day, Good Morning America called our church and said, we want to do a special, we're going to be in Houston, and we know your church has been a big part of recovering your area, and we want to bless everyone in your church that flooded with $2,000 gift cards, and in our pop-up with Lowe's, or Home Depot, whoever it was, they said, we're going to be um, doing a pop-up, and they can take home anything that they can carry from this pop-up with Lowe's, and so literally the next day, God answered that specific prayer after I took the time to just thank him for what he had been doing. And I'm telling you every day I would pick the kids up from school and I would have testimonies. I'd be like, guys, someone sent us a check for this guys. Someone, someone paid off your tuition for school guys. Someone uh, provided clothing. Someone bought you guys new bikes. Someone did this. And so like, even when we had re- returned from evacuation, all the boys toys, of course, and clothing had been destroyed. And we were a resource center at our church. And so my husband had collected these giant totes, one for each child. And from all this stuff that came in from all across the nation, he would pull from different things. So he put stuff for the boys, some toys and some toiletries and some new this and some new that. And we had so much coming in. We ended up having to give all this stuff away to like the Red Cross and stuff like that. But my boys had these giant, massive totes full of new prizes and presents. And so at the end of the year, when we reflected on the year, I asked the boys, what was your favorite part of 2017? It was a hard year and we lost everything and we went through a lot. But what was your favorite part of the year? And they said, I kid you not, they said, Hurricane Harvey was our favorite part of the year. And I was like, what? Why was you guys lost everything. Why was Hurricane Harvey your favorite? And they said, mom, they said, God took such good care of us. No, it's like you are right. Like God took care of us. And when they said that, I was just so grateful because in that moment I realized the Lord answered my prayer. The Lord answered my prayer of how to protect their hearts from the trauma. They weren't traumatized by it. They were blessed by this potentially devastating experience, you know? And um, and I was just so thankful for the Lord's wisdom. You know, I, I could have handled it myself and made a hot mess of the situation, you know, but the Lord in his wisdom just guided us step by step and made it such a testimony. And it was the church that came together. It was it was people who were generous and people who took the initiative to, to buy us beds, who they were part of a church in another state and they wanted to help a pastor. And, and so they helped us, you know, and and the Lord blessed us in such a way that I was still determined to be a blessing in that season. And so there was a family that they're just dear to my heart and they had flooded and, and she you know, has um, a handicapped family and she's the breadwinner and she, she's just such a blessing. And so the Lord, I just determined I will be a blessing. And so whenever the Lord would send us something, I'd take a portion of it and send it to her. And sure enough, the Lord would multiply it by 10 And bring me another blessing from another direction. And it was just, it was such a beautiful season and such a beautiful expression of how God can cause us to triumph in things that should be destructive, you know?
1: When it comes to how the Lord works in sincere prayers and the prayers of the righteous and your heart, generally your heart, you know, he saw your heart as a mom and not, Wanting your sons to be scarred through this very difficult situation, having lost everything, you know, I mean, they didn't have the spiritual maturity, you know, of course, that you have had or your husband too. And so, I mean, I love your emotions. I love how, you know, you talk authentically about your relationship with Jesus and how. You know, he showed up in a way that really made a difference. And then just his goodness and how you really surrendered. You surrendered through that whole trauma. Your will, God, just help my sons not to come out of this scathed. I I love what you've shared and what a blessing that uh, your community and the churches and you know, how you all work together and how, you know, the whole, I, I remember, you know, hearing all the stories of how so many people came together during that time of, of tragedy in your community and that impact. I don't think anybody could really understand the impact unless you were there, right? So I'm looking forward to sharing with the listeners, you know, that picture that you were telling me about you know, but so are you in a new home build now or?
0: Oh my goodness. So it just like the, that's part of the blessings that continued. Um, so our builder, when we built this house, it was the result of some prayer of mine when, um, long story short, the enemy had tried to steal from our last property. Um, and I just said, okay, I'm going to bless the people who are stealing from us, but the devil has to pay back in my next property twice what he has stolen. And so this house was actually, the property is four times what we had before. Um, but the builder built it for us as a blessing he, he i mean we still had to pay like the cost of that of the build, but he did not profit from the house build at all so already we were in and it was in as a blessing and so i knew when god gives me a blessing the devil is not allowed to take from me he's just not i just don't allow it and i, I see that in script. I, I don't allow it and so um when the builder saw that we had flooded they came to us and they said listen we want to help you rebuild and we're not going to make any money on us. And we want to help you rebuild. But we did run into the fact that we didn't have any money saved up. And so the disaster relief program that we had been helping for our area came to us and said, listen, we want to help you guys. How can we help? And so they literally wrote us a check for half of what we needed to rebuild and the money that FEMA gave us, which almost we almost didn't get because we were a new build, they couldn't find us. So the adjuster couldn't find us. And so, but when they finally got out here, FEMA paid for the rest of it. Well, while my husband, so it gets better. So while my husband was helping with the community, there was a gentleman who grown up here, lives in Tennessee and owns a uh, furniture warehouse that celebrities shop at, like a really nice place. And he met my husband and he said... Oh, I have all these stories are coming to mind of what happened. So he says, my husband, he says, listen, you, when he found out that we had flooded also, he was just talking to him as helping in the community. Then he realized we flooded. He said, when you're ready for furniture, let me know. I want to furnish your home for free. And so nine months later, after we had finally built and we were ready to move in, I'm on a FaceTime call with him walking through his warehouse, picking out these high end pieces of furniture that I wanted. And I was like, this is a dream. This has to be a dream. And so flashback to actually when we were flooding and we were evacuated, I had told the Lord, what was it? I said, I said, I think I just prayed. And I was like, Lord, I call into our life the blessings that you have for us from this tragedy. And I ask that you connect us to the right people. And that day, my husband, um, I didn't know that one of the people I was communicating with, with the airline, one of them was the owner of the airline. She's also friends with like Ivanka Trump and high, high up people. So she told my husband when she found out we flooded, she said, listen, you guys are serving your community and I want to serve you. And so write have your wife write down everything you need and have her send it to me. <clears throat> and so I wrote down, it was, it was the hardest task. I was like, how do I write down everything we need? So I was like, I'll just do what she said. So I wrote down everything we need and I sent it to her and she rallied her neighbors And, um, and so about the day, so she rallied her neighbors and she was committed to helping us. And it was such a blessing. So fast forward two weeks and we're home here at the rent house and I need to do laundry. I don't have a washer and dryer anymore, you know? So I literally am getting in my car to go to Lowe's and just Purchase a washer and dryer on the credit card because we just have to have one, and this huge truck pulls up outside of the house. And they, he said, "Hey, I have a delivery for you from San Antonio from this woman and her neighbors." And so he unloads the exact washer and dryer that I was going to go buy from Lowe's.
1: <laughs> I'm not even lying. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: Literally, every day, it was moments like that, but for me, what I learned personally, I think it was such a revelation of how much of God's kingdom. He says we have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. The Bible talks about the storerooms in heaven. It says that we have access, that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Like We have access to all this stuff that God has made available to us. But as believers, when we focus our faith, which is our eyes and our perspective and our words on what the enemy is doing, that's the only thing we're empowering in our life. But what the Lord did is he taught me to shift my eyes and shift my words and my faith and focus to what he was doing, which kept me in a place of accessing the blessings of heaven. And so I believe that's why we stood under, literally, it was like we were under an open heaven for blessing during that whole season. And the only difference was our focus and our words or our faith and our words. I was, my faith was, focused on what God was doing. I was determined to keep myself encouraged and keep myself in faith. And God responded to that. But how many times do we keep our eyes focused on what the enemy is doing? And all we reap is destruction in our life. And we wonder why, you know, God made it very clear. He honors our
1: faith and he honors our work. He does praise the Lord. So share a scripture. Would you mind uh, that that you really stood on? Because you got to stand in your truth.
0: I am, now that you're mentioning scriptures. I'm thinking of a couple. The fact that His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and that no matter what we're going through, if we can adjust ourselves to His perspective. He, he, I mean, the word says that he turns all things for our good. And that was one that I pulled on a lot. I was like, God, you're going to turn this for our good. I know that you are. And so I kept looking for the good that was hiding in the situation or that wasn't hiding. Sometimes it was just very plain and obvious. God was being good. And so, yes, there you go. There's a couple of verses for you. <laughs>
1: Perfect. Um, is there a worship song that really resonated with you? During that time,
0: the song that Jen Johnson sang of "It's gonna be okay." I don't know that it, I would call it a worship song necessarily, but uh-huh. it, it is a it's a biblical song. <clears throat> but it was it was a
1: comforting song during that time. I'm just in awe. I love to hear these stories. It's just God is so good. He is so good. He's such a personal God. You know, right now, my husband and I are looking forward to what God has ahead for us in terms of a future home and God in his infinite goodness. And, you know, as we have seen in our lives, as we, we step out in faith and as we, you know, walk in obedience, all those things, um, God has always been faithful to meet our needs, but he gave me this incredible vision and a dream of our future home. And, you know, it's, a way that I think God encourages us, some of us, whether it's through others, whether it's through our dreams, whether it's as he ministers to us through his word, I mean, through song, through, you know, seeing um, his creation. I mean, there's just so many ways that you can feel God's presence in your life. And around you, especially as a believer to, you know, so I really, really love your story. And I'm so thankful that you shared it. And I know that your story lives on, continues to live on. And, you know, you shared some things at the beginning, but one of the things I wanted to just ask is, is there uh, anything else that you want to share as we close? Like any other words that you may want to share with someone who may be listening, maybe going through some hard things, you know, right now in a lot of different areas. Um, and you've shared a lot of inspirational words, but is there anything else specifically that you might want to share?
0: It's becoming so evident how essential it is as believers. To be firmly rooted in God's voice. There are so many voices happening, whether it's the media and not knowing who's telling the truth and who's not, or if it's just all the voices on social media and people venting their opinions. And, you know, just there's so many causes that are like headlines right now. There's just so many voices. And it can actually just cause a lot of stress and confusion. And I feel like more than any other time in my life, it has never been more clear to me the importance that we are clinging to the word of God and what he says and not compromising it, not trying to make it fit our cultural norms, not not watering it down, not taking pieces of it, honoring the word of God as from the spirit of God and, and building our life around those principles and pursuing the voice of God you know like someone had sent me a scripture when we flooded right when i was praying i was like god i need a word from you when i was out there evacuated and my phone dinged and a friend said hey the scripture's on my heart for you and you know just like in that moment so i had a word from the lord from scripture but i also had a word from the lord from just my time with him and and i feel like we need both because god can speak a word to you that can literally break open your situation, whatever those hardships are that people are enduring. If I had not sought the Lord to get the guidance and the word from him that I did, how different could my experience have looked? You know, it could have looked so different. And, but the fact that I took the time to see him and ask him and honor his voice, he took the time to show up and speak to me and guide me. And he will do that For anybody, the word says that he is no respecter of persons and that if we seek him, we will find him. And um, if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. So that's my encouragement to people in this time is just to tune out all the crazy and all the voices, especially in hard moments, because our minds will kind of play games with us and, and the enemy will try to sow a bunch of lies. But it's so important to cling to the word of God and cling to the Lord's voice
1: in this time. Love it. Keep your God eyes on. Keep your God eyes on. So thank you so much, Jenny. This has been a huge blessing for you to be here today. I really know my listeners will be blessed by what you've shared. And it's been so encouraging and uplifting. And we're gonna make sure that we have all of your information out there on the episode page um, that we're gonna put out there for you, including, you know, some pictures as I've shared and you know how to listen to your podcast and other information, um, that I think will be beneficial. And, um, a way to reach you is how, um, the best
0: way to reach me is really on Instagram. I'm on there a lot. And, uh, you can find me at Java with Jen, just one N Java with Jen and on Instagram. And you could send me a direct message. Um, if you follow on there, then you'll be in touch with when episodes
1: go live and stuff like that. So that's the best way. Okay, well, thank you again, Jen. God bless everything that you're doing. This has been a blessing. I'm looking forward to getting the opportunity to come and be a guest on your show too. Um, And God bless you. And now friends, until the next show, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories.